It is my distinct pleasure today to introduce the sage of conquering your business, Aaron Marcus. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to the program. I am insanely excited to have you with us today. How are you doing? I am phenomenal. I'm excited to be here. That's great. Well, you know, you and I haven't, it hasn't been that long ago that we actually met, has it? No, surprisingly, I feel like I have known you for much longer than <laughs> I know. it's actually been. I feel the same way. And we, we it, it seems like we kind of have the same, a lot of the same kind of basics of values and things that we are really looking to help people and move people forward. So it's been real exciting to get to know you. And I attended your event, um, and then you I came to my yours. event, and <laughs> yeah, we've attended events together, so it, it's been really exciting to grow and learn with you. So um, like I said, I'm really excited to have you on, on the show today, on the program, and, and you have this, like, we love your logo, right? Your logo is super cool, and my daughter's like, I love that logo. I love the eyes, the color of the eyes, but you have, your business is called Conquer Your Business. Yeah. And you are out there helping people to grow and accelerate and, and get their businesses going in a, just a really special way. So tell us a little bit about what you do and how you do it. What do I do and how do I do it? I, in a nutshell, help overwhelmed entrepreneurs and small business owners get out of reaction mode. And so that they are in charge of what is going on in their lives. Because let's face it, for entrepreneurs and small business owners, there's not a lot of separation between your business and your life. And what you do here is what you do there. Um, and that's really where Conquer Your Business came from. It's this drive to be in charge and get out of reaction mode. Create your reality instead of getting stuck with what you think is being handed to you. So how did you come to have such a passion for helping the entrepreneur or the small business owner? You know, there's a, well, there's a few things. When I started to look back, I've been doing this for more than 20 years. I was even doing this as part of my last corporate job. I um, was in charge of business development for an insurance wholesaler and I would put these accounts together, but then I would go and train the financial professionals within those relationships, how to grow their business. And then when I had a franchise, when I left corporate and I had my own franchise, I ended up doing the same thing where I grew my business so quickly that I ended up working for the franchisor, helping new franchises launch their business, but also helping the vendors get better, the moving companies, the junk removal companies, my friends at the chamber. And I think what a lot of it comes from is a personal experiences, personal experiences over the years where I've been able to do some amazing things where at 37 years old, I was able to buy a very expensive condo by myself. And I've gone and traveled around and uh, in so many places in the world and realizing that not everyone gets to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, people are making things harder on themselves than they have to be, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean that it is easy. You have to do the work, but it doesn't have to be as hard. And there's so much more available. You know, one of my, you, you get one turn at this, you get one turn around and I want to have as many experiences as I can and live life, the life I have to the fullest. And I want to help anyone else who also wants to do that. 
So what is it that some of the business owners do that make it so much harder than it needs to be? Um, we all are in our own way. It, it's all the limiting beliefs that we have. It's all the stories that we tell ourselves. It's just human nature to make things complicated. It's, we overcomplicate so much of it. Um, we play squirrel a little bit too much squirrel as entrepreneurs where we have this great strategy and so we do the thing and the thing works. Yeah. And what do we do? We go do a different thing. Yeah. Why did we do that? Cause that thing just worked. <laughs> but we, we, so many of us tend to do that. Like we're always looking for the next opportunity. The drive that gets you out there on your own can sometimes also be your worst enemy. Right. So it's about making it less complicated and more fun and more fun. Absolutely. And I found for my own business that finding the, the connection of all of them is like the centrifuge makes all the difference in the world. So it's all one squirrel. You may be running around, but it's one yes. squirrel all focused on the same nut, you know, so yes. that it, you're right. It does make a huge difference when, when you're not just going after the next for a cliche, shiny object, right? That's shiny object. And the other thing is the drive of what's behind you. Um, one of the worst feelings I've ever had as an entrepreneur was when I really, I was working so hard and I had lost any attachment to what was supposed to be on the other side of this. Why? Where you're getting, you know, you're, I'm, you're working hard because you're supposed to. Right. And losing any kind of reward and vision for what it is that you're trying to do, who you're trying to help, what bigger life you're trying to lead. Um, and the way that things can turn around for you almost instantaneously, once you have that and can tap into that yeah. has been remarkable and something that I just need to share. Well, awesome. So, you know, times are a little bit different these days. Yes. And <clears throat> so from the perspective of the small business owner, the entrepreneur, what does conquer mean in today's environment? You know, the times are different, but the questions are the same. The questions are exactly the same. You might have a different answer. You might have a different delivery system. But the thing that makes human beings go absolutely bonkers is, un you know, when you can't predict something, when you don't know how long a challenge is going to last, when you can't get on top of it, it's almost more important now. You might want to hone in a little bit not try to accomplish so many varied things right now. Don't overwhelm yourself. There's, there's a lot of scary things going on. So don't add to that by trying to accomplish a million things. Hone in on just a few. But the concept of conquer, of being in charge and out of reaction mode is absolutely the same. It's absolutely the same. I'm still asking my clients, what problem do you solve for people? That hasn't changed. You still need to know that. You still need to talk to people in that way. What can you do in your environment? And do you find that, do you find that this environment may have changed the answer to the question, what are you solving for them? Do you think that's? Oh, yeah, I think that has changed. It's, the good news is it's become more personal. 
I'll give you an example of how it's become more personal. We had mulch delivered on Saturday morning because there's nobody in kind. You know, the bulldozer puts it in the truck. The guy comes in the truck. He dumps it on the driveway. We paid for it over the phone. He waved to me as he drove away. And I did scream from him at the, uh, from the porch. I'm like, oh, my God, how are you guys doing? Because, you know, how are you doing? And he said, I'm so busy because everyone wants something to do. And that's a perfect example of you think you're just delivering mulch so for gardening. But the truth of the matter is I had a wonderful weekend. We did all this gardening outside. I felt so much better. Yeah. So the services you're providing could very well be offering more to your prospects and your clients and the people around you yeah. than what you're thinking. Well, as you're telling the story, it's really, he's not delivering mulch. He's almost delivering entertainment. He's <laughs> delivering manual labor, exercise, outdoors, yeah. right? Exactly. Something to do for two days so I could stop watching television. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I keep saying, stop looking for the yellow photo. Stop looking right. for the purple photo. Those oh. things drive me nuts because yeah. I think people are just getting really distracted with trying to fill time yeah. when now's the time, as you said, to focus and conquer uh, what needs to be done. You know, your environment. I wrote an article a couple, like maybe two, three weeks ago, 10 things you can still conquer in turbulent times. Yeah. And it's about, there's so much you could do right now that sets you up for launch once the doors open again, while providing service, while, you know, there's enough people in very difficult, difficult situations. My, you know, friends who are in the catering business and the hotel business, oh gosh, yeah. there's a lot of us who aren't, who could be adding value. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and so you talk, you know, we talk about pivot during this time. Um, uh, how does an, a small business owner or an entrepreneur, how do they decide to pivot during this time? And what do they, how do you help them decide what to pivot to? Is there, some questions yeah. that you ask them? Well, if you're my client, we've had a business plan, <laughs> so it makes it a little easier. If you don't have a business plan, there's probably some conversations that have to happen. Um, it's about the delivery. Um, it's pivoting to things. Now, it might mean you have to rearrange your investment. Um, I, as we, as you know, I'm launching a digital platform that I really didn't anticipate doing until second or third quarter, but it doesn't even have to be that big. I have a client who makes jewelry and she has a new skill she's learning of, um, I'm going to screw this up from a technical standpoint, so I'll just describe it to you, where she can take signatures off of print and turn them into engraved jewelry. Oh, wow. And it was something she was pushing because she's not having the people get together to buy the jewelry like she used to. And all I could think of is, oh my God, I think that touch, it, it was such a fan, the businesses, that line of her business is called Sentiments, which, oh my God. Oh my gosh, how important. And now is not a time to get your parents, your children's signature on jewelry. How amazing is that? So it's about looking at your business plan. Yeah. And asking, figuring out, you can ha you don't have to decide this by yourself. Go talk to other human beings and ask them. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. how would this help them sooner? What could this mean to someone if I rearrange the order that I did this? Is there a platform where I can still do this? Sure. Does it make sense? Um, it is not the time to be pulling people into sales conversations. And right. so it's not a pivot to launching hardcore things that you don't have a ramp up for. Sure. But if it's conversation, and I, I've talked to a few clients now who are just all zoomed out, yeah. there's just yeah. too much noise and too much content. You, if people are scared for their friends and their family and their health, is now really the time for them to be learning an entire new skill. That's a little unfair. Yeah. That's, it can it be is, over, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So if it's a, a soft, a natural a conversation like that, then look what you have and how you can add and just rearrange. Yeah. It's a, and the other thing I've talked to clients a lot about too, it's a pivot. It's not a recreation of the wheel. Now is not a time to be recreating everything you thought you should be doing in business because your frame of mind isn't right. Right. It's like how they make you sign that, you know, don't, don't ever cut your hair after a breakup and don't make decisions. You know, it's interesting because, and sometimes I think folks just don't understand that a small step is much greater than a big step. Absolutely. It has much more impact as you're as you're kind of talking about that. Absolutely. So you've got a lot of fire in the valley. What stokes you to get to get going in the in the morning? What what um aside from a complete lack of attention span <laughs> and no children. <laughs> so there's like all this time. Um I wanna say it goes back to finding that thing to attach my efforts to. Um if for those of you who don't know me, my one of my life goals, and I call them in Conquer Your Business North Star, you can call it your lifelong goal, meaning not your ideal lifestyle, but more of a singular type of push, is that I want to donate a million dollars to Wildlife Rescue. Um, I volunteer, though we've been sent home. I am on the list to foster doves, so I might have a house full of baby doves soon. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't go to the, if you can't go to the animal rescue, you bring the babies home. <laughs> yeah. But I get involved in this thing that drives you. And I want to also, in that same vein, I really believe that the world changes through grassroots effort. You can't, you not, don't wait for giant corporations to come and change how they do business. It doesn't mean that they're not philanthropic because yeah. a lot of them do great things, but people don't realize there's more of us small business owners out there. There's more of us grassroots efforts out there. So I really want to help a million people each be able to donate a million dollars to their causes. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome goal. And, and I think people forget that big businesses, large corporations, if you have a change in leadership who has a different passion, you can easily lose that connection within days. Um, due to new leadership. So, I mean, I think, I think you're right. It's really important to understand that it doesn't happen or driven by large corporations all the time, but it is driven by folks like you and I with a passion for something. Well, and it's, you know, it's all made up of human beings. It's all the local levels. I've learned so much about what's out there since finally putting some language around what I've wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, and that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen yeah. overnight. It took a while for me to really dive down into a concrete thought. Yeah. Um, 
but it is amazing how it changes everything that you do. It is. Once you get it and once you understand it, I think your business decisions become much easier. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going back to what, you know, the fire in the belly and what drives you. It's a process, a daily process of looking at what those giant goals are and then looking at what I have scheduled this month, this week, today. Mm-hmm. So that, and that's, you know, how do you move something further faster? That's how you do it. Right. Is making sure you have that alignment, pre-planned alignment, so that you're not as likely to go, oh, squirrel, or oh my God, you know, pandemic. Yeah. If you ever thought that, you know, oh my God, pan, you know, if you have at least this thought out. Yeah outline. It does make a huge difference. And I think that kind of is a nice lead into my next question is if you are, well, let's go back 2008 when things were tough, there's been several times 2002 when things were tough. And, and I know they were tough because I was in the corporation laying people off as part of an HR team. Um, And that's when a lot of people went out into their own as entrepreneurs and started their small business. So what piece of counsel or advice would you give to someone who is now considering jumping into the entrepreneurial world? Sure. Um, I did the same thing. I didn't, I was lucky. I wasn't hit as hard by that recession in my timing. I had my corporate job. I went into entrepreneurship right after, yeah, right after that. Um, A lot of it's education. You, my world changed as an entrepreneur when I started studying how to be successful. You, know, you set yourself up to succeed. Right. Set yourself up to succeed. Find someone or a group of someones who is a little bit further along. I, you know, and I do this a little differently. I usually have a couple different coaches and people that I follow. <clears throat> sure. I follow someone way up here who's got the ideal version of what I want to do. However, a lot of times that's too far away to emulate because then you're comparing yourself to an ideal 10 years down the road and all you feel is like a failure. But then also find people who are just a couple steps ahead of you. And don't make it harder than it has to be. You know, it's, it's about following, there are paths. It's, it's about educating yourself, treating it like a business. I'm a big fan. If you want a hobby business, that is perfectly fine with me. But yeah. don't end up with a hobby business because you didn't make the decisions. Exactly. Yeah. You know, do it on purpose. That's my whole thing. No judgment on anybody's decisions as long as it's a decision. Exactly. And yeah. not something you let happen to you. Yeah. I always say purpose and intention. Make sure you have a purpose and make sure it's all intentional. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think also to a little add to your point about finding someone who's, you know, a couple steps here and then that person that you're emulating, I think it's also important to recognize that don't get tied up with people who are also right at your level, right? You're looking to some, have someone stretch you. Right. I know when I first went into the entrepreneurial world, I was listening to a folks who were kind of thinking here and I wanted to get here with eventually getting way up here. Um, (laughs) But it took me a while to figure out like, wow, I'm not progressing because they can't think beyond where I'm trying to get to. So I think I like, I think you said it, 
really well that you have to be really careful in who you choose. Oh my gosh. So follow true. and have coach you and emulate. It's so important. I just wrote a whole piece about this in one of my new trainings, but also my goal. And I let, you know, when I'm involved in a group, my goal is to be, and it's not judgy, no. but financially and education experience, whatever you want to you know, make your decision by. My goal is to be right about the halfway mark. Because if you're too far down, you almost lose your frame of reference. You're like, oh my God, you get, it gets overwhelming. You can't figure out how to take this step. If you're at the top of the room, that feels, might feel good from an ego standpoint, but that doesn't help you. And what you end up doing, I've, I've had clients I've seen do this over and over again, because when the scary part of your entrepreneur journey hits you and you feel, eh, feel icky, yeah. but if I go over here and I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm going to feel good. Yeah. And you end up in charge of all of the workshops and you end up on the board of the conference and you end up, right? And exactly. now you're doing the charity drive, but you're not actually making any money. You're just really busy exactly. making yourself feel okay. Yeah. It's that whole, you know, you said cliche before, this is the biggest cliche get comfortable being uncomfortable, but understand that is not a one-time thing. Get comfortable staying uncomfortable and start to recognize comfortable is the enemy. Yeah. It's the second you get comfortable, you need to be searching for your next uncomfortable. Absolutely right on target. But some people have a really difficult time getting comfortable with the discomfort. Yeah. And I think that's why people kind of drop out of entrepreneurial life because they don't like that discomfort. <laughs> I, okay, so I got to tell you a funny story about that. One of the things I always give people as advice on that is to do something non-entrepreneurial related to help you with the discomfort, but something that you're okay being uncomfortable. So I worked out for years. I think you know this about me. I've been a power lifter, a bodybuilder, a boxer. So if it's something physical and I'm not good at it, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to failing and it looking ridiculous. So when I was 40 years old and starting my first business, I knew I needed to go do something totally uncomfortable to get comfortable with that feeling. So at 40 years old, I decided to become a figure skater. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Having never ice skated barely as a kid. Oh my gosh. And I took beginner adult ice skating lessons and by the end of the year, I won a blue ribbon in my beginner adult ice skating class. Congratulations. I did a 90-second routine to landslide by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> I did the dress and the scrunchie and the whole nine yards because I knew I was okay sucking at that. I just was okay with it. But if you can do that over here, and then tap into that energy yeah. over here, it will help you immensely. It doesn't have to be a battle. You can have fun with it. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll share my story. So I've, all my life, I've hated running, like with every fiber of my being. I'm, I, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Like people want to go, like I'd look at runners and go, you're an idiot. Why are you running? And then um, I actually fell into doing a couple 5Ks. Oh, wow. And when I was 
53, I did my first full marathon. <gasps> and I, you're a braver man than me. <laughs> not going down that road. <laughs> but, but what you learn from that is you say what you learn from that is, and, and I hate training, um, but I, we, I found out that I loved half marathons. So um, ended up doing another marathon two years later and finished that one and my time got better. And I don't have the drive to keep doing marathons, but what I realize is that no matter how hard it is, I can figure out a way how to do it. And, and there's joy at the end you know, for me, the joy is I always take off my sunglasses and I run through the finish line and I look at everything. I look at the sign, I look at the people, I look at the road because I want to imprint that in my brain. It's that experience. Yes. And when, when you can feel that experience, like you experience the blue ribbon. When you, <laughs> I was on the podium and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's, you can feel it and you don't always get that reward. Um, as a small business owner or an, an entrepreneur starting. I mean, you may get that first clamp. You don't always get that blue ribbon. You don't always get that feeling. Well, so, And as an entrepreneur, you also end up with what's the next thing to do? What's the next thing to do? And we don't take the time to reward ourselves right. and appreciate it the way that something with a an solid end to it. Exactly. You. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so mentors have you had mentors along oh my god i am the luckiest person <laughs> alive in terms of mentors um in my corporate world and i was like 23 no maybe 25 i was young um i was in commercial real estate and i ended up oh that was a, you know, a male dominated hardcore poof, um in Chicago, nonetheless. Yeah. And I was on a team with a woman who just taught me how to navigate that type of world. Mm. And here's the thing. I have a college education, but I come out of Chicago public schools. I did not have any white collar exposure. Oh, you know, okay. I barely went to high school because there was more important things to be doing. I worked <laughs> 60 hours a week my senior year of high school to earn money. So I had no frame of reference for this. So not only did I have that, but at the next job, um, the gentleman who owned the company was so beyond generous to me. Hmm. He used to take me, there was, we started out with seven people. By the time I left 12 years later, there were 70 of us. Wow. We went through a merger. We went through an acquisition by a public parent company. And he took me to every meeting that was so far above my pay grade. <laughs> and after, and I would take notes and I'd take notes. And afterwards we'd go out to dinner or lunch, depending on where we were. And I would just ask him, what was this? What was this? What was this? What was that acronym? What did they mean by this? And he would just explain it to me. Wow. And then when I was um, decided to go back to school and get my MBA, we used the company for all my projects. So they were actual projects yeah. and I learned business from him. My, some of my, two of my biggest drivers, the things I tell myself came from him. Um, step on the gas when everybody else is stepping on the brakes, which is yeah. what I'm doing now. Yeah. And if fear is the only reason to not do something, then that's not a good enough reason to not do it. And 
so it was the mindset. It was, he was the one who helped me get out of a blue collar mindset about how do you spend money and into the idea of investing money and leveraging money. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you asked me in the beginning, where did my passion for helping entrepreneurs come from? I would probably tell you a lot of it came from those two people because they had absolutely nothing to gain by helping me. And yet both of those people put everything into helping me. And so it, it, part of it's a pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you had two great mentors early in your career, which were really helpful to have them both at the same time is even better. Back to, yeah, back to back like that in corporate settings. And then of course, coaches, you know, finding now I've, I, that was a big turnaround for me once I owned my own small business was once I found coaches who you could connect to and who I could relate to, who had my best interest. And I will, one of the things I learned along the way is I will never hire a coach if I have never heard them tell, tell somebody that's not a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen a few too many, not, not that you should, you know, knock down other people's dreams, but right. if they're just want you to be their client and they're not willing to say, you know what, this isn't good for you, then how honest are they going to be? You know, that that's great. The one thing I'm always cautious on too, since you brought that up is, Anyone that says, I'll guarantee you're going to make $100,000 in the first 12 months. I'm always cautious of that um, because first of all, it might be $75,000 is that bad? Maybe not, but maybe it, it should be $250,000 or a million dollars and not $100,000. So I'm always cautious when people put numbers out there of what I'm going to get you to because then the question is, well, then what about year two? So and I'm, I'm like you, I'm really cautious about who I work with, but you know, we find good coaches while wow, we like find good coaches. Well, and the other, I'll tell you for your story about that. Others, the other thing is how do they know you're going to do the work? Exactly. Because as a coach, I can't make it for you. That's right. And I had, I did have a conversation with someone and they weren't being mean about it, but they kept asking me for a guarantee, 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 guarantee. And you know me, I eventually have a big mouth. And I said, I tell you what I guarantee. I guarantee that if I owned your business, it'd be making money. <laughs> but you don't know if that other person is going to do it. answer. <laughs> <laughs> she ended up working with me and she's doing great. So it's all good. That's awesome. Sometimes it's just about helping somebody right. get through some fear. That's all. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I talk a lot about leadership and, you know, the Be Legendary Conference is all about leadership. How do you define leaders? Leadership. Leadership. Um, Leadership, and this is something I always prided myself on trying to do, leader, a good leader will turn everybody else into the best version of themselves. Mm. Not judge what that version should be necessarily, but create a situation that allows everybody else to be the best that they can be. Nice, nice. Um, one of the things I'm most proud of is... I'm trying to think of a year. This is what happens when we get a little older. I don't remember what year it was. In, uh, in, in the mid nineties, in the mid nineties, um, I managed apartment complexes. That's what I did after I graduated college. And, and I had done that for quite some time. Big 
big apartment complexes in the Chicago suburbs. And I worked for a company for four years. I was on several different properties during those four years. And I can tell you without exception, every single office personnel from leasing agent, assistant manager, um, including some lifeguards, office like lifeguards, every single person who worked in the office under me at any of those properties were eventually promoted to manage their own properties. Nice. And to me, that was like, the biggest compliment. Absolutely. So, you know, a leader helps everybody be the best version of them. Love that. Is there a, a leader that you admire that inspires you? You know, I was trying to think about that. And I think right now it's more of a psychographic than a person. Hmm, okay. It, it, it's the, I don't like divisive leadership. I like bringing people together and encouraging. Now, that doesn't mean you're a pushover because tough love is still love, you know, so don't get me wrong that it, it, it's not Pollyanna. It's not rose-colored glasses. I don't, you, you're getting the feel. I'm, I'm pretty direct. Um, yeah. I tell it like it is, so I'm not telling you to be delusional. Um, <laughs> but, like, for example, and I don't know why I thought of this this morning, I don't know what I was watching. I will not watch television shows where the basis of the entertainment is being mean to each other. Now, competitive is fine. Love the voice, American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> but competitive is great. But if being mean to each other is the basis of the, edu of the entertainment, sure. I just have no interest in that. And I have no interest in that um, outside of entertainment either. Uh, yep. Hold people to a higher standard, push people, make the hard calls, make the hard decisions. Um, but there's so, there's already so much hard. There's yep. already so much hard. Don't add to the hard. Well, and as they say in the famous old movie, Pretty Woman, it's always easy. It's easier to... Mm -hmm believe the negative the bad stuff right and and it's easy to glob onto the bad stuff and yeah and think that's truth and it really is not it's just an opinion that someone has um, but it's not truth well and I do think it is not easy to keep holding yourself to a higher standard when those around you are not that's true yeah and I have a temper so I'll be the first one to tell you I do not <laughs> always achieve that um but one of the things on my group coaching call with my, my clients that came up last week was about a difficult situation somebody was having. And we talked about letting someone go with empathy. Oh, yeah. It was a difficult situation and, and the, the client decided to, they're no longer part of the group. That person's no longer my client. And mm -hmm. she was really upset about it. I said, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. That person's miserable. So let's have some empathy and think, Right. How lucky are we that we're not that person? Exactly. Yeah. And letting someone go with empathy and having empathy for people who, you know, that that's just a big one for me. Well, and I think, I think you've hit on something else too, which I think is really important to call out as a small business owner, a solopreneur. Um, you don't have to say yes to every client. Oh, gosh, no. and sometimes saying yes to a client can be your demise. And, and I've, I've heard people like, I'll, I'll take every client. And I'm like, I will not take every client. 
client that I really relate to. Um, and like you said, it's not the person who's lack of gratitude or is just out for self. That's not someone I can work with. So I think you've, with that story you really shared, sometimes it's good to say no. I call it the first date rule. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the first, if you can't keep it together on the first date, the marriage is not going to be better. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, if, if the client is, you know, and, and it goes in any relationship. Who is it, Oprah? People, you know, when people show, tell you who they are, believe them. Exactly. You bet. So what advice would you give an up-and-coming leader today? An up-and-coming leader today? Um, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. If you're going in a leadership for ego, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem. Um, if you're going, if you're, if you're, and, and, and it's hard in the beginning when you're just getting started and you kind of need the credit for what you're doing. You know what I mean? Cause you need the credential. Yeah. Yeah. I have found the more praise and credit I give away. Yeah the better I do. And, and that goes back to my corporate job. Yeah. You remember you, I'm sure you have a corporate background. You've been there when you're in me, there's always that one person that takes credit for everything and they didn't do anything. Yes. You're not fooling anybody. Exactly. But everyone's very, very aware of the person who holds themselves accountable and then gives the credit away to everybody, you yeah. know, keep the personal responsibility share the accomplishments. Exactly. Well, and I think that's important for small business owner too, or those who maybe decide to going out on their entrepreneurial path right now is that there's a lot that we end up doing as, as our, you know, running our businesses. But what's really important is to share and to collaborate and promote everyone because it comes back to you a thousand fold when you do that. Absolutely. Give, you know, you give before you get. Absolutely. Yeah. So was there anything that we haven't talked about today that you think is really important for the listeners to know about you know, being a small business owner or running your business or starting a business or leadership? Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you think is important to share? You know, I, there's a lot of people out there who will tell you that you shouldn't, people don't want to hear that it's hard. <laughs> People don't want to do the work. People don't want to hear that it's hard. And I, I get it from a marketing language. Yeah. I get it. Um, but if you stick with it, it works. It's about, it really is about not giving up. I, I can't even tell you how much it is about not giving up. One of my favorite Winston Churchill quotes, absolutely. Success is the ability to go from failure to failure with no lack of enthusiasm. Right. It's not going to work. That's yeah. the beauty of it. It's not going to work. And that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Just that's go true. in knowing yeah. that 80% of what you're going to do is not going to work. You just don't know which 80%. So if you just keep, so you just keep trying because it really, it doesn't, you don't have to equate that harder, you know, the hard work with yeah. being miserable. I work very hard. I'm also very happy. <laughs> so, yeah. And I always say, make sure you're following your passion and not someone else's passion. 
can't do this for all. Yeah, because some people will try and tell you what you should be doing, and it may not be what you should be doing because it may not be your passion. So I think oftentimes people will get caught up in that as well. When I hear someone say, well, my so-and-so, my best friend told me I'm excellent at this, so I should do this. It's like, is that what you want to do? But not really, but I'm good at it. And it'll last you about two years. Right. I, I used to say that in my corporate job. Money lasts six months. Like if you were miserable at your job and you were going to quit, but they wanted you to stay, so they gave you a raise, money buys you six months, right? Six months later, you're still miserable. You're going to quit. I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing. If it's not your path, you ain't going to make it that long because when it gets hard, you don't have the thing to drive you. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And one thing that we know from, from being in human resources, I was in human resources, is that a raise impacts performance for about two weeks. And then <laughs> you don't see that, that uh, extra effort anymore. I, so yeah. the effort goes away. Uh, so <laughs> that thrill goes away. So, I mean, you're right. It, it has to come from within. It's not external. Yeah. Absolutely. So Aaron, this has been a really fun conversation with you today. You know, I always enjoy spending time with you and, um, we're not even talking about ducks and wildlife and dogs. It hasn't even <laughs> Which is what we talk about all the time, right? Because we're both huge animal lovers. And you know, I do dog rescue and animal rescue. And oh, me too. I'm crazy about it as well as you are. So that's one of our great connections. Um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Uh, the easiest way is email, which is Aaron at AaronMarcus.com. And then you can also check out my website is conqueryourbusiness.com. And I believe there's a free ebook for anyone who pops in there about growing business that even with everything that's going on today is still relevant. I saw that. So get in there and, and get that free yeah. book. Um, and then it's Aaron, E-R-I-N at E-R-I-N-M-A-R-C-U-S.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, Erin, as always, it's a pleasure to spend time with you. It's a just you. a joy. The, the whole intention of this show was to actually sit outside in chairs and do this, but since we can't do that, now we'll do the Zoom. But when the weather, well, when the uh, well, we can go outside and interact. Well, the weather's better well, and we're allowed better. to do it again. <laughs> we'll sit outside in the chairs and Absolutely. do this again, all right? We'll, we'll have to, we'll do one live from the wildlife rescue. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Fantastic. So, Erin, thank you again so much. It's been thank absolutely you. And you have an amazing day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye now.